0: everybody welcome back to baseball connection so we have some developments to discuss mostly we want to see what are some teams going to be doing after the lockout you know i'm not going to spend much time discussing exactly what's happening with the lockout there have been some headlines flying the past few days about the the negotiations and the standstill between mlb and mlbpa i'm not really going to get into that because As I said at the beginning of this, it's going to get settled. This was going to be ugly. They were going to have a standoff. They were going to have a, you know, a media, they're going to have, they're going to leak, like each side is going to leak headlines through the media to portray their own version of the story. And this is how it's going to be. They're going to go back and forth, but the dust will eventually settle. I know it's going to settle because this has happened before. We saw this with the 2020 negotiations during the pandemic with everyone trying to get a shortened season together. We saw that. And ever since then, I realized that you know these two sides are just going to go through old fashioned negotiation. But the difference is that now, because we have social media, everything is amplified. It's going to be settled. It's not really anything to worry about. Yes, spring training might be delayed, but I still think the season will start on time because there is too much on the line. When I say too much on the line, I mean money for it not to, you know, they're, they're going to play a full 162. Even if the season, let's say, is delayed by a little bit, they will extend it on the back end so that they get their full 162. Everyone involved wants that money. So with that being said, we'll move on to to more interesting topics, in my opinion. So let's talk about what some teams will be doing after the lockout. So let's talk about the Blue Jays first. Okay, they made one of the biggest free agent signings at the start of the lockout when they got Kevin Gosman on a five-year deal. So he stepped into a rotation spot that was vacated by the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray, because Robbie Ray went to the Mariners. So they they, they can replace that right there. But while the Blue Jays have already made that notable offseason Acquisition, there's definitely room for more whenever this transactions freeze comes to a close. So adding an infielder is definitely a priority because Marcus Semien left. He went to the Rangers. So they they can pick someone up either at third base or second base, which would push Cavin Biggio and/or Santiago Espinal to the other position. So whichever, if they choose a, you know, a third baseman, they would push. BGO's the second. If they, you know, picked a second baseman, they would move Santiago, Espinal, somewhere else or whatever. But they need infield help. So that's something that we'll probably see them do as we come out of the lockout. You could argue that the Blue Jays only need some depth pickups in the starting staff. Their their pitching is pretty set. You know, as I mentioned, you know, the the top four, obviously at the top, you have Gosman, then Berrios, Hunjin Ryu, Alec Manoa. Ross Stripling looks to be the favorite for the fifth starter at the moment. And yeah, he he definitely could be. He definitely could be. But, you know, after beginning his MLB career with four consecutive sub four ERA seasons, his production definitely has slipped over the past two seasons. So if you go back to the start of 2020, he has a 5.1 ERA. So it's not ideal. Not ideal. But remember, they have Nate Pearson, a top prospect. I mean, it remains to be seen how many innings they could expect from Nate Pearson in 2022 because he was limited to just 45 innings between Toronto and A because of injuries last year. But he's still a highly regarded young arm, and he actually checked in as number two among all of the Blue Jays' minor league prospects, you know, if you look at the most recent organizational ranking from Baseball America. So we don't know yet if the Jays are going to want to keep tabs on his workload having him pitch as a multi-inning reliever but i think he's definitely big league ready he doesn't have anything left to prove in the minor league so if he's up he might just be a a bullpen guy at least to begin with and maybe he can work his way up to the rotation if they want to expand his role later so there's that and then as as far as relievers you know the relief core for toronto was middle of the pack last year on an mlb scale you know 16th they don't necessarily need to go out and get a big close. I don't see them going out to necessarily get someone like Kenley Jansen. He's the best free agent reliever on the market. You know, they don't need to spend that kind of money. I, I don't think it's necessary. You can go for some of the other notable relief arms on the market. You know, Joe Kelly's there, Andrew Chafin's there. You know, some if you want late inning guys, Lou Trevino can be traded for guys like that. But you know, maybe if you look in the lineup, they might want to. Get a left-handed hitting outfielder because right now they have a projected regular outfield of Lourdes Gurriel, George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez. You know, all those guys hit right-handed. And so does their fourth outfielder, Randall Grichuk. So maybe if you want to balance things out, you get a left-handed hitting outfielder. But honestly, I don't think it really matters. Those three guys in their starting lineup can really hit. They can really hit. I think they'll be fine. It doesn't matter... Whether they're doing it from the right side of the dish or the left side, it, it's not going to make a difference. So I think for the Blue Jays right now, it, it's just those two, just just those two pieces right now. You go out and you get an infielder, and you go out and you get a fifth starter, maybe. Um, that's that's really it. That's really it. You know the bullpen is is decent, but the the most pressing need right now is getting an infielder, and then. Maybe, you know, maybe you get another starter, but Blue Jays are in a good position. Let's take a look at the Mariners. Okay, so they landed Robbie Ray, as I said, and they also got Adam Frazier. He's a second baseman slash left fielder. You know, they got him in a trade with the Padres. When the transaction freeze lifts, the Mariners are expected to resume this aggressive approach because they're definitely trying to capitalize on their top-ranked farm system. They're trying to take the next step from last year's 90-win season, and they're trying to make it to their first playoff berth in two decades. So if you look at their checklist, I mean, it's similar to what they had early in the off-season because even though they have Robbie Ray on board right now, they're still looking to add some veteran innings to the back of their rotation, okay? So you need to go out and get some more pitching. And then you also need to go out and get a big right-handed bat. This has been sought after by the President of Baseball Operations. So who are the big right-handed bats? I mean, they have been linked to Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, Shea Suzuki in recent weeks. So something to keep an eye on. I mean, let's not underestimate the possibility of them making a big splash and getting someone like Chris Bryant or Trevor Story. It would be a bit of a surprise, but the Mariners are ready for that. You've won 90 games. You're, you're You're in the picture now. You are now... Expect it to be in the hunt for the playoffs. That's what you need to do if you want to be a playoff team. You have to make the big splash every once in a while. So that's that's definitely going to be the second order of business. So first order of business, get some more innings. You know, get another pitcher. Second order of business, get a big right-handed bat. I think that's going to be. I mean that that would make for a very good offseason if the Mariners satisfy those two criteria. If they satisfy those two criteria, it'll be very good. Last but not least, let's head down to Atlanta, where the Braves just won the World Series. So Freddie Freeman is still a free agent. I mean, everyone believes he's gonna stay. He didn't sign before the transaction freeze. But apparently it's because he and the Braves are haggling over whether or not his contract should include a guaranteed sixth year. You know, that that was reported before the lockout, and yeah, I mean the Braves best offer before the lockout was $135 million over 5 years. So, doing some quick math right there, that's going to be 27 a year, $27 million a year for 5 years. So, Freeman could take a bit of a hometown discount. You know, he's played the entirety of his 12-year career in Atlanta, but he's looking for something To pay him more close like closer to 200 over six years okay that's going to be more of what he's looking for something north of 30 million a year for six years so there there is there is a gap there so right now if they're they're paying him they're offering 27 AAV and he's calling for 33 million AAV I think the sweet spot right there is going to be that 30 million dollars a year if he gets that six years you know that's 180 million right there because the offer that they gave him is basically what Paul Goldschmidt signed with the Cardinals ahead of 2019, but I mean, I, I think Freeman deserves more because he he won an MVP. He just you know, was part of a huge part of your World Series championship team. You can give him a bit more than, or considerably more than what Goldschmidt does. I think they'll meet in the middle. That six years, one hundred eighty million is a popular. Is a popular estimate. I think that makes sense. That, that makes sense for Freddie Freeman. 30 million a year. Keep the man in the A. Um, but but he, he'll get that done. He's not going anywhere. But for the Braves, for them, it's not really about going out and making moves, right? To defend their title, they have to realize they just won the World Series without their best player, Ronald Acuna Jr. And their best pitcher, Mike Soroka. So they're hoping to get those two guys back. I mean, they're definitely going to get Acuna back. You know, he's coming off that ACL. I mean, watching his... IG lives and everything. He's 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 ramping up. He's hoping to be back. I mean, not opening day, but you know maybe in May or so. Mike Soroka, you know, coming off an Achilles, we still don't know, but he'll be back too. He'll be back, and then you have Marcel Ozuna. You know, he he had some off the field issues, domestic violence charges, you know, off the field, and um, so he was placed on administrative leave throughout the season. But after the season, MLB announced a retroactive 20 game suspension for violating the, the domestic violence policy and made him eligible to return to the field. You we know, had some allegations and such, but he's he's going to be back next year. So, the I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, he's going to be back. The Braves haven't officially announced it, but because, I mean, looking at precedent, because MLB has made him eligible, they don't really... I, I don't really see the Braves... I, I don't really see them just letting him go. This is a players they want to have in their lineup, and he's served his suspension for for whatever issues he had off the field. And Snicker, Brian Snicker, their manager says, as far as I know, he's going to be there. He went through the process and he's been clear to play. That's all I care about. So those are some tidbits. Those are the different outlooks for a couple of teams that we can expect coming out of this lockout. You know, it will end eventually, guys. Don't worry about it. Don't even pay attention to it honestly, and we can focus on better things. But that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it to someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.